0: Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we have a request. If you are really enjoying what we do here on the Internet Marketing Podcast, then if you could please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app, of course. That would be fab. Um, It really helps us to grow the podcast and ensure we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. Now, today I'm joined by James Loomstein, Managing Partner at Rogue Marketing over in Dallas, Texas. How are you doing, James?
1: I'm great, Andy. Thank you again for having me on for uh, a second straight year. It's an absolute pleasure.
0: It's a pleasure. We, we, we last spoke in, I think it was July last year. Uh, we, were yes. talking about a, we were talking in great detail about the marketing funnel and all the various bits. The, it was like the anatomy of the marketing funnel, wasn't it?
1: Yes. And so, I feel like this is, a, this is like a great transition and a great second. This is like chapter two of our ongoing conversation. So,
0: it is, isn't it? Everything you were yeah. afraid to ask about marketing funnels.
1: No, everything yeah. you
0: wanted to ask about <laughs> marketing funnels, but we were afraid to ask.
1: Right. <laughs> I think, and now uh, we can just evolve the conversation down into frameworks. So,
0: yeah, we can. Yeah, on frameworks. creating yeah. the go-to market framework. But before we go into that, uh, just remind our
1: listeners who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, so my name is James Loomstein. I'm the managing partner of Rogue Marketing here in Dallas, Texas. We are a digital strategy agency. Uh, we work with a multitude of from mid-sized companies and brands to Fortune 500 companies as well. Uh, we work in three areas of, of building brands, amplifying their channels. And, the, and our core is in minimizing risk. And really that's around making sure that marketing dollars are spent in the most efficient and effective way possible. Um, managing marketing budgets, and making sure that we're working towards the outcomes and objectives of the campaigns that we're working on.
0: Fantastic. Now, one of the first things I want to talk about, because I know that you you very strongly feel that sort of companies need to think about marketing systems, not tactics, don't you? Tell us a bit about that, James.
1: Correct. So uh, I believe that a majority of products when they come to market or when companies are saying, Hey, we want to get in this new category or we want to go to this new geography. They simply look at the landscape, whether competitively target audience or the myriad of channels that are available to them. And they just pick and choose like simply going down a a shopping aisle and they say, I'll take a little bit of Facebook. I'll take a little bit of Google I'll take a little bit of YouTube, I'll take a little bit of print, and they'll say, I'll take 15% of my budget and put it towards this, 20% towards this, I have a little bit to do some direct mail, so on and so forth. And that's a very tactic-led approach, but not really based on the outcome they're trying to achieve. Um, What's more important is to reverse engineer the outcome, right? Legion, registration, awareness, whatever the outcome is, and reverse engineering that into a marketing system. And and saying that, you know, there are five phases of the customer journey we're trying to accomplish from awareness to consideration to purchase to loyalty to advocacy. Mm. And that at each one of those phases, we're going to deploy this particular platform to achieve this particular objective. So at the awareness phase, we want to accomplish this objective and we're going to use Facebook and Google to do it for consideration phase. That we need this to happen so we're going to use YouTube and blogs and articles and uh, paid content to make this happen for purchase that the purchase of our product happens in one of three places you can buy it on Amazon you can buy it on our website you can buy it in a retail store and that in order to, for that to happen it's going to be a combination of you know webroom shopping mm. or People are going to make their decision before they go into purchase or um, their level of product knowledge is already going to happen and they're going to go to the store already knowing what they're buying and they're just simply creating the transaction there. And then so on and so forth. For loyalty, we're going to do it with these channels. And then for advocacy, we're using email, Facebook, Instagram. Like that is more of a system that you're implementing against an outcome versus saying I have a hundred thousand dollars to spend or a million dollars to spend just go allocate these dollars in the most effective way possible
0: now i want to get to um fairly soon because i'm quite excited about it i want to get to your step-by-step approach of sort of 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 building the sort of uh, the go-to market framework but before that i just want to talk about um because i know this is this is another thing that that you put a lot of weight on focusing attention the focusing Sorry, the focused attention of the customer, sort of a, a methodology, if you like, towards understanding the focus of the, of the consumer. I
1: said customer, didn't I? I meant consumer. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that, James. I, I think this is just the modern marketing and the era that we live in, in a, in a 2017 world, 2018, 2019, 2020, 20 business world that we live in, about focused attention based on intent and consumer intent or B2B intent B to C and 10, it doesn't matter. It's, it's reverse engineering the consumer problem that they're trying to solve. And then creating those customer journey sessions, whether for yourself and your company, um, utilizing your own team, you as the CEO of the company, your chief marketing officer, or you as just the, literally the business owner. And if that's just taking out large poster boards or a roll of paper and then using Post-its – taking that customer journey, mapping out at the very top, across the very top of the page and writing down awareness, consideration, purchase, loyalty, and advocacy, taking post-its and then mapping out what is happening to your consumers as they're trying to complete whatever the objective is. So what problems are they facing? How are they becoming aware of the problem? Like, Is it Self-internal, like, do they know that they need an organic shampoo? Do they know they need a new different sports drink? Do they know they need dry wick t-shirts? Mm. Like, what problem is that they're facing? And then how are they going out and trying to find out to solve that problem? How do they know they need this amount of life insurance? How do they know that this credit card is the right for them? How are they choosing an SUV with a third row versus something that doesn't have third row with fold down seats, et cetera. Mm. And then in that consideration phase, like where are they looking? So that helps you as a company with positioning maps. It helps you with mapping your competitive position against your competitors. It helps you with your uh, communication strategies, et cetera. And then moving into the next kind of quadrant of purchase, that's where you make your revenue and money. Is how are you moving those people from consideration to purchase? How are you arming them with the knowledge they need? How are you enabling them to get there? How are you giving them literally the power they need to go and make a decision? What is the vehicles they need so they can they can feel good about themselves about walking into that store, about clicking order, about making that commitment to purchase that decision um, from you as the company? That they feel good about making that decision. And then on the back end of that, how, what, how are you following up with them? Where are they hanging out online or offline for loyalty amongst that customer base? And then how are you turning those people, where are they spending their attention for f- turning loyalty into advocacy? And how are they turning them into your thousand true believers and then moving them to get the next group of people into that same customer funnel?
0: I really like the, the term that you use of reverse engineering because it really is partially to do with getting an, into the thought process, I suppose, of the consumer, isn't it? And working out how you can yeah. leverage that and help them to, to sort of do what they're doing to arrive up to sort of where they are on the funnel. Now, now that you've evolved this uh, go-to-market framework over the years, uh, haven't you, James? Can you take us step by step through that?
1: Sure. Um, so this this go to market framework is basically based on a methodology of of the rogue methodology of an amplification model about how we go to market with not everything all at one time, but a systematic approach of building on one thing that works, optimizing it, moving on to the next thing. So to jump ahead at the very end, when we go to market with campaigns, it's not let's do Facebook paid media, AdWords, video, SEO, and content all at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's optimizing and conversion optimization against an outcome, learning from that, and then applying the learnings from that tactic against the next thing. So for example, you will take and start with Google AdWords against a specific landing page for an outcome, finding the keywords that work within that Google AdWords campaign And then using that for your content strategy for SEO, using that for your outreach for blog writing, using that for your outreach strategy for PR, using that for your scripts that go into, we're going to create these 10 videos, but the 10 videos are going to be about these 10 different things, et cetera. So moving back to the very beginning, and if you're a company um, a, a brand, if you're the brand manager for um, a, a fortune 500 company and you have to launch a new product, et cetera, this framework applies to all of these things. So your first step is, is literally this, the market opportunity and it's always an audience first product second. So if the market doesn't exist, it's very difficult to go out and create a market. Yeah. Very, very difficult. So audience first is around determining market size, right? So, Leveraging keyword tools and how many search queries are there for this particular thing. Mm-hmm. Determining the market need, so survey data, how many, like, what is the market need for this particular thing? And then understanding the consumer micro moments that matter. So what problem are they solving? Where is the white space? How are they going out and solving this place now? And then determining where you fit into this market. Are you an alternative? Are you looking to acquire market share? Like, is there other geographical areas to play in? Mm-hmm. Um, is is this a supplement, an alternative, um, a replacement, et cetera? And then looking at the competitive analysis, the audiences within those audiences, and then using that information to create your buyer persona. So that would be step one of, of your market opportunity and your audience analysis
0: now james uh, when you were talking about micro moments you mentioned white space now what's white space in this context
1: so um a good example is let's say you're a milk producer Mm -hmm. and you developed a new way for for lactose intolerance and you said hey we developed a new lactose intolerance milk product that is very specific right yeah so everyone drinks milk a small percentage of people um, suffer from lactose intolerance. And then what percentage of those people are eligible to buy your product? And then within that category, there are several places you might be able to play. You could say, hey, I'm going to go after the kids market. I'm going to go after the sports market. I'm going to go after the on-the-go travel market. I'm going to go after the health market. I'm going to go after the food delivery services market, etc." So what I'm saying is like, Within, within the market of lactose intolerance, Mm -hmm. there are like in the U S there are 30 million people who suffer from lactose intolerance. You cannot sit here and say, I'm going to, I'm going to go after that 30 million. A better strategy might be, Hey, we're going to go and own the sports drink category of milk. Yeah. People that drink milk as a recovery system. But they can't drink regular milk, so they need a lactose, um, a lactose-free version, and we want to create a audience within an audience, an audience within the lactose-free, but for sports milk.
0: Oh. That's what I'm saying. Okay, got it. I've got it, just about. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I, I think like if you're going to create a a water, like everybody sells water, mm-hmm. but is there an audience within the people who drink water that you could go after? So like a micro audience. And then once you've established yourself there, then it's okay to move into another part of water or into another beverage. So the example I give is, uh, take a company like Yelp. So Mm. Yelp didn't start off by offering reviews to every category out there for healthcare and lawns and real estate and lawn services and travel, they went micro niche for restaurants in San Francisco, right? They just had very narrow focused. Yes. And then after they mastered that niche, then they went into another niche and then they went another one. Amazon did not sell everything in the world at once. They started off just selling books online. Yes. So that's what I'm saying is that too many people try and go too broad in the beginning. I think that you should start, and even big companies, like start narrow-focused niche audiences, master those, move into either complementary, and then scale efficiencies from those into your new markets.
0: Got you. Yeah, brilliant.
1: So after uh, step one and identifying the audience and and the white space and the opportunity there from an audience standpoint, like where you would play, uh, it's more moving into step two, a platform assessment. So understanding where consumers attention and time is spent online. So this goes back to the creating a marketing system versus a tactic Mm -hmm. using the platforms. um, Where are people playing? Where are they spending their attention? Reverse engineering back going through that whole model we talked about earlier. Yeah. Where do they spend their time for awareness, consideration, purchase, loyalty and advocacy? And then literally mapping out. Facebook, we're going to use for awareness. YouTube for consideration. Um, our own website or Amazon for purchase, and Instagram for advocacy. Just, just as an example, and then for step three, you know, mapping out that attention to conversion path. So, you know, you selected these platforms. These things are going to happen. These are going to be our KPIs. This is how we're going to know what's working and what isn't. Yeah. And then step four is determining that traffic strategy. So literally turning the dials and saying that, you know, we're going to establish this digital home. We're going to create these outposts. I call them outposts and embassies. I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But we're going to allocate, um, you know, 15% towards brand awareness. Um, we know that our our product is, you know, needs a high level of education to get people to convert. So because of the nature of our product, 40% of our budget is going to go towards, Uh, Getting people from consideration to um, purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also know that people really love our product and that they're going to be, we're going to have a high level of evangelist. So we don't have to spend a lot of money on advocacy, but we do need to spend a lot of money on loyalty or vice versa, right? So I don't need to spend 50% of my money over there, but I do need to spend a lot of my money on getting people to understand how my product works. So that's where people that's where people can really be successful is do I need to educate my market or do I need to get people to evangelize my market? And then what percentage of my budget would I spend on each part? So that would be, you know, determining my traffic strategy and step three and four about conversion path, mapping, determining the traffic strategy, et cetera. And then outposts and embassies are you have your digital home, your website and your channels, but then those are your, the, the outposts are Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I've got like, you, yeah. Right, those are places. But yeah. embassies are, are, are places that your consumers would be hanging out and focus their attention, but also you could go and hang out on. So um, if you're trying to target moms, it might be like the mom blogs. If you're trying to target young athletes um, or up-and-comers, it might be on you know ESPN.com. So, where are your consumers that you're trying to reach your target audience? Yes. Where are they hanging out on outside of core social platforms in yep. your website? Where is that attention being spent? Is it on music websites? Is it on music platforms? Is it on entertainment? Is it on gaming? Is it on you know Twitch? Is it on Musically? Is it on Pandora? Is it on Spotify? Like, where can you participate? Is it on Sponsoring podcast is it you know hanging up banners in local gyms like how can you leverage online and offline platforms to communicate with your audience and then use that to draw them in to your outpost into your digital homes and so use those embassies to draw people in.
0: Some people call those uh, watering holes, don't they? The embassies. Sure. Yeah, watering yeah, holes. Yeah, watering embassies.
1: holes. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then step five, bringing that all together to develop your go-to-market strategy. So in this step five, if you were to kind of write this down and articulate it, mm. you would say, we're going to use these tools, these platforms and these channels. And then we're going to say, we're going to use these analytic reporting engines. So Google analytics, mm-hmm. we're going to target these audiences. So we have, you know, four target audiences that we're going after. And then we're going to say against these outcomes. Yep. So, this campaign, the focus of this campaign is to generate leads. Great. And, and finally, it's going to be against these business objectives. So a business objective might be reduce cost per click or lower cost per acquisition or increase customer lifetime value. Yeah. Or increase um, ROAS. So increase return on advertising spend. Whatever the business objective is, like at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to accomplish. So it's this campaign against this outcome, which is generating leads or whatever it is, against this business objective. like You have to be able to answer clearly those three sentences. And and then step six is going out and actually executing and deploying. Mm -hmm. So tactics against the attention. So we're going to do one, and then we're going to deploy on this platform to start. So we're going to launch on Facebook first. Yeah. Or Google or whatever our our top performing is going to be. And then we're going to do, we're going to learn from that. And then we're going to do number two and then we're going to do number three and then number four, Mm -hmm. right? So content and then paid media and then digital PR and then social or whatever the thing is. And then step seven is we're going to optimize through our analytics against that singular objective. So think of yourself as a, as a stockbroker leveraging your analytics team that says, Which of these platforms is providing us the highest return on investment against the objective we're trying to accomplish? So these keywords are generating us our highest return, or this platform is giving us the highest amount of leads conversions, or if it's, you know, we're trying to build brand, this one is giving me the highest amount of time on site, or this one is giving me the highest amount of um, page engagement right so whatever the objective is like we're always measuring against that tactic that's that's going out
0: and then presumably so, feeding it back so you can like tweak your channels and things
1: absolutely so yeah. this is an ongoing iterative optimization like campaign that i mean you're checking these things daily right as the campaign so these are these are cycles it's a it's a 6 week campaign a 13 week campaign a 7 week campaign whatever it is and you're, you're treating your analytics team just like you would a stockbroker or on a trading floor, et cetera. And their job is to give you the highest amount of return, just like if they were responsible for buying stocks and giving you a high return or trading mutual funds or ETFs or whatever it is. Their job is if you gave them $100, their job is to give you 150 back or 200 back.
0: We've talked about a lot today, James. I mean, out of all those things that we've talked about, if, if there was one top tip or t- uh, takeaway for our audience today, what would it be?
1: I think the, the biggest takeaway is the step five of the go to market strategy. It's yeah. a clearly defined, we're going after, it's answering these three questions. It's for this audience, right? These are, this is our target audience against this outcome. Yeah. Blank. And against this business objective, blank. So reduce cost per click, lower cost per acquisition, increase lifetime value, or increase return on advertising spend. Too many companies, too many brands, too many people are trying to accomplish too much with one budget or trying to get so much out of one marketing campaign. You cannot build awareness and generate leads at the same time. You cannot go after... Two different target markets with the same advertising campaign. Like it doesn't it does not work. This is not mass media. This is not a 1950s environment anymore. This is a 2017, 2018, 2020 business environment. These are micro markets that are so niche that require so much focused attention that everything is about a clear objective tied to a clear outcome, tied to a clear business. Objective that you're trying to accomplish.
0: Well, James, thank you so much for coming on again. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you, more about Rogue Marketing?
1: Sure, uh, you can follow Rogue on Twitter um, at Rogue Think. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Loomstein. Um, you can connect with Twitter, with uh, Rogue at GoRogue.net, and then you can follow our blogs, our content, etc., uh, on our blog section of Rogue at GoRogue.net forward slash Rope think
0: james thank you very much indeed and thank you listeners for listening the show notes are in the usual place Sitevisibility.com forward slash i am podcast uh what else can i tell you yes email podcasts at sitevisibility.com. if you want to send us an email or you can tweet us at site and we also have a site visibility group over on linkedin thanks again for listening we'll see you next time it's all from me andy it's all from james thank you very much And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.